Good morning, 7 past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network. What can we expect from American businesses and the U.S. economy in 2017? Here to share his predictions with us is Bill English, Twin Cities business consultant and the founder of BibleAndBusiness.com. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Well, good, Bill. How are you? Doing well as we uh, look at the year ahead, starting kicking off this weekend with the new year. Obviously, some significant changes are going to be coming when when Donald Trump takes over as president. Some of those changes may not necessarily be good for the economy. First of all, uh, let me ask you, as we've talked about this quite a bit in the past, what do you think will happen to Obamacare in 2017? Well, I'm not sure much is going to happen to Obamacare in 2017, but I think by the end of 2018, at least in time for the midterm elections, uh, Trump is going to need some core promise to uh, tout as the reason why people should continue to vote Republican. And I think Obamacare will be it. And so I think by the end of 2018, we will have seen the repeal and the replacement of Obamacare with a more market and a more competitive solution uh, that really puts health care back in the hands of the patients and really puts uh, health insurance within reach of most Americans. Now, can you explain how Obamacare has impacted small business in this country, as well as the ability for many, many Americans to find full-time jobs? Yeah, it's what it has done is it has come along and and uh, forced many forty-hour-a-week jobs into a twenty-eight-hour-a-week um, uh, format, and so we it created a whole class of underemployed not unemployed, but underemployed uh, people uh, who really wanted to work full-time and were working full-time, but because of the cost of Obamacare, the employers really had no choice but to shave many of those jobs back to 28 hours a week. That then lessened what people were making, uh, and it also made it very difficult for them to try to juggle two part-time jobs to come up with a full-time job and it has really wreaked havoc on our economy. Um, when people are spending less, when they're making less, they're paying less in taxes, and and the economy also slows down because they're not consuming as much. I know that Obama has recently come out and said that if, if the repeal and the replacement of his signature achievement were to be accomplished, that uh, 30 million people would lose their health insurance. And I just don't buy that. Uh, A, the 30 million is offset by the tens of millions who now cannot afford health insurance. And uh, it's also offset by the fact that I think cheaper and better insurance would be in place after the repeal and the replacement of Obamacare, making many of those 30 million able to afford it in the first place without a government subsidy. Well, we will see how it shakes out and how aggressive the uh, Republicans in Congress are in coming up with a, a plan that uh, that Trump will, uh, will indeed sign. Uh, another change we may see under a Trump presidency is changes in the tax code. And Donald Trump has, has promised to lower the tax rate on corporations. How will that affect American business, especially these, uh, you know, these ones that uh, have been for years really saddled with these large corporate taxes? You know, we have the highest corporate tax rate in the world of any industrialized nation. And uh, there's there's two principles that, that people need to bear in mind. 
you don't strengthen the economy by weakening the businesses that work within the economy. And you don't strengthen the economy by weakening the government through debt. And we have been doing both you know, over the last 10 years. And we'll get to the debt one, I suspect, here in a little bit. But the, but the tax code uh, is, is we, we just pay too much in corporate taxes to be competitive worldwide. And we're in a world economy. And so uh, many uh, American corporations have money sitting in overseas bank accounts that they would like to repatriate back to the United States, but they'd have to pay 35% or so on that money, and they're not going to do that. They've already paid taxes on it in, a, in the home country, and now that it's repatriated, they even have to pay more taxes. If we got the tax rate lower, corporations would have more money to invest in plant and equipment and jobs as well as invest in uh, bringing back some of that money. They, they would be more apt to bring back that money uh, for further investments here in the United States. So basically what you're saying is once the tax rate has been lowered, the corporate tax rate's been lowered, then repatriation will take place and that money will come back into our country and, and boost the economy. Well, you know, and I'd love to see uh, the president and Congress give business a six-month or a one-year repatriation holiday. You can bring all the money back you want at no additional cost. Um, because the businesses are not just going to sit on that money, Bill. They are going to reinvest it. They are going to put it into marketing. They're going to put it into new product lines, new plants, new facilities. They're going to hire more people. The businesses do not let money sit idly by uh, because that's the worst rate of return that they can get on that money, and shareholders won't put up with that. So uh, you will see that, that money get reinvested, and that's what we really need in this economy. You grow an economy through investment. You do not grow it through consumption. I think you grow the economy first through investment. Now, one change that Trump may implement that could actually raise the price of some consumer goods, uh, I'm referring to his, his threat to, price, to place tariffs on imported goods, particularly those from China, uh, so good idea or bad idea, Mr. Businessman? Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I, I generally don't like tariffs, but there is a rationale for it as a way to offset tariffs that are charged to us uh, when we take our goods or our services to other countries. So let's just use, for example, uh, we're trying to sell cars in China, and China puts a 40% tariff on our cars going into China because um, they want their own cars manufactured there to be more affordable. Well, then in that case, I do think that there's a rationale to be made that says uh, goods coming from China sh should have a comparable tariff put on them so that manufacturing in America can pick up and, uh, and we can create our own products here and sell them here. The problem is, is that that artificially tariffs artificially raise prices. And so you will have uh, goods being sold at a price that is higher than what it normally would be sold at in an open market. So generally speaking, I don't like tariffs, but at the same time, I understand why presidents use them. So if we have uh, widgets coming in from China and they're going to cost 40% more because of the tariff, the widget makers in the United States are going to raise their prices 35% <laughs> because they can, right? Right, because they can, exactly. So or... It may, it, it may actually cover their cost to create the widgets in the first place. So, uh, 
in, in a business that I'm consulting with right now, they source a number of products from China, and uh, those products cannot be made here in the United States. It's just too expensive. But if a, ter- if a 30 or 40% tariff were to be put on those products, then manufacturers would uh, have the pricing room to, to cover their costs and make some money, and you would start to see those products manufactured here in the United States. So that could actually then boost manufacturing in, in the U.S.? I mean, uh, could, uh, could it actually yeah. start a whole new manufacturing uh, revolution? It could for as long as the tariff is there. And then what happens is if the tariff is there, say, for 10 years, and you've got now a whole line of manufacturers across the country working in this area, uh, developing goods that depend on the tariff's existence in order to be profitable, then what happens is when another president comes along and wants to get rid of the tariffs, now they're going to be accused of cutting jobs and killing industry and so forth and so on. So, you know, it's it's a political game that both parties have played, and it does impact real lives. You know, real people are really impacted. And it, it's a serious game. Mm, we will see how that shakes out. Our guest is Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back here on Faith Radio. Welcome back. 18 past the hour. We've got the Faith Radio Network. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're one of our New listeners to Faith Radio, either on one of our broadcast signals or perhaps on the app. We would love to have you connect with us at MyFaithRadio.com. We'll send you a a welcome packet. By the way, if you believe in the ministry of Faith Radio, we're coming up to year end, and we count on gifts from people just like you who want to make a charitable contribution to the Faith Radio Network and to what we do. You can learn more, again, at MyFaithRadio.com. My guest is Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Bill's looking ahead at 2017, some of the things we might see for business and the economy in the coming year. Well, we've been talking about some changes that, uh, that Donald Trump may make once he takes over. Um, we're also going to see, Bill, uh, interest rates going up in 2017. The, the Fed will likely continue to raise its rates. And is it true you believe that could actually be a good thing? Yeah, I do, actually. I think it's a good thing on several fronts. Um, First of all, interest rates is really the price that we put on money to borrow it. And when you have 0% interest or close close to that. uh, Now, by the way, the interest rate that I'm talking about here is the interest rate that the Fed charges the banks and that the banks charge each other to borrow money between them and to borrow money from the Fed the interest rate that we end up paying is always higher than that, and that's called the prime rate. And so um, the – well, I should say that that's called the prime rate, but the prime rate is derived off of the rate that the feds uh, charge the banks for borrowing money. Federal funds rate. Uh, Money – yeah, so so when you borrow money, you have – it's just just like borrowing anything else or buying anything else. There has to be a price to what you're buying and what you're borrowing. And so uh, the interest rate, I think, needs to go up in part because the money needs to be better priced. Uh, and that pricing is a market-driven thing, and, and, and yet it's also dependent upon the Fed. I would like to see the interest rate go up so that we better price the money that we're borrowing. It's been too loose 
for too long. And uh, I, I just think it'd be better fiscal discipline if people had to pay a little bit more uh, for their money. In addition, with the interest rates going up, the Fed would then have a little bit of rate room to deal with the next recession. So that if they wanted to bring the borrowing back down to 0% or a quarter percent, at least they'd have the option to do that if that's how they wanted to deal with the next recession uh, from their perspective. Now, how how will higher... How will higher interest rates, though, affect Americans' abilities to 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 buy a home, a car, uh, get a business loan? I mean, it's going to make it more expensive. Yeah, it'll make it more expensive, Bill, for sure. It'll make it more expensive, but I'm not sure that that's an entirely bad thing. I mean, think think about the economy on the macro scale, scale, not the micro scale. Right now, the only part of our economy that is really doing very very well is the stock market. And part of the reason that the stock market is doing so well is because people are pumping cash in there because they can't make that kind of rate of return anywhere else. But if interest rates go up, then your savings account rates also go up. Your ability to uh, uh, sell a home uh, goes up. Uh, and, And so the money that is creating what I think is a bubble in the stock market will start to be invested in other areas of the economy uh, because interest rates are higher, the rate of return is higher, and therefore people, um, you'll, you'll, you'll have a more balanced investment portfolio across the entire economy, and that strengthens the economy overall, and that's good for everybody else. So on the macro scale, I think it's good. On the micro scale, yeah, people are going to pay more for a car or for a house, absolutely. Okay, we just got about two minutes left, Bill. Uh, you've mentioned before you yeah. believe that we are going to see another recession sometime in the near future. Is that prediction based on uh, economic cycles or something else? It's just economic cycles. Since 1960, we've had eight recessions. We've had them on average every seven to ten years. With Our last recession was in 2008. We're going into 2017, so that's nine years. Um I don't know what the triggers will be. I don't know what the situation will be. I just um, I just believe that we're going to have a recession at some point in some time. It'll probably happen during uh, Trump's first four years. He'll get blamed for it, even though um, in all reality, we really never got out of the last one. Whatever recovery we had uh, was, was tepid and anemic at best. And so, uh, but Trump and the Republicans will get blamed for it, and that'll be a campaign issue in 2020, I think. Does a nation's economy uh, actually need to go through periodic recessions to stay healthy, or is there a way to just kind of keep things at, at an even keel? Well, if you're a Keynesian, you say no. If you're more of an Adam Smith guy like me, you say yes. Uh, recessions are good in that they weed out the the bad businesses and the unwise investors in the marketplace, and they they keep um, the businesses that should be there, and uh, they keep them strong. It's it's a it's a it's a natural cyclical way of weeding out uh, the businesses and the investors that are probably not doing very well and probably should shut down. Like the house flippers. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just like Debbie Downer this morning, but I, I got to tell you that. That there is a goodness to what I call destructive capitalism, where part of part of capitalism is to make sure that only the strong survive, and that's good for everybody. It's that's that's not a bad concept. Thank you, Mr. Darwin. Appreciate that.
Well, you're walking, you're walking, you know, just, just, yeah, really, Mr. Darwin. I got you. Yeah. Hey, Phil, thanks so much for your time and your insights this morning. We appreciate you. You're welcome, Bill. And have a happy new year. Happy new year to you. Take care, buddy.